Hello, and welcome to episode 7, part 1 of the QuietMark podcast. I'm your host, Simon Gosling, CMO at QuietMark, the independent international approval award program associated with the UK Noise Abatement Society Charitable Foundation. It encourages companies worldwide to prioritise noise reduction within the design of everyday machines and appliances and find solutions to noise problems to benefit health and well-being. In our previous episode, episode 6, with Wade Bray, Vice President of Head Acoustics Incorporated, whilst talking about improving the acoustics of a space without compromising on the visual aesthetics, Wade said, There are ways to, at the outset, much more easily than later, but even later, to do things to get absorption out of sight or insight in ways that don't look out of tune with the architectural idea. So you can have your cake and eat it too with modern materials, techniques, and appropriate consulting. So that these wonderful ideas in the modern restaurant in terms of architecture, which definitely should be encouraged to continue, need to be able to succeed and and occur, but not have these unintended acoustical consequences. So in this episode, I wanted to focus on the part where Wade says you can have your cake and eat it with modern techniques and appropriate consulting. Back in mid-February, just before lockdown, QuietMark launched its Acoustics Academy, a brand new, free-to-use online platform to further equip and empower architects, builders and designers with a guide to expertly verified leading acoustic solutions for every building application area. Since launching in 2011, QuietMark's team of expert acousticians have rigorously acoustically tested thousands of appliances from world-leading brands and manufacturers. Only the quietest ones, of course, become QuietMark certified. Using fridges and fridge freezers as an example, we've assessed hundreds over the years, and they've ranged from 50 decibels at the loud end to about 34 decibels at the quieter end. And whilst that difference of 16 decibels might not seem like a lot, you'd be surprised at how big a difference it can actually make. Due to the way that decibels are calculated with a logarithmic scale, if you decided to buy a 50 decibel appliance over the quieter 34 decibel version, this would sound three and a half times louder. With the launch of our Acoustics Academy, in addition to certifying the appliances which go inside our homes and the spaces that we live and work in, we now also certify the acoustic products which go into the very fabric of the building, such as the walls, floors, doors, ceilings, vents and windows. So in this episode, which comes in three parts, we thought we'd share with you some conversations which I've recorded with representatives from some of the companies whose acoustic products have been QuietMark certified and feature in the Acoustics Academy. I also share a conversation with an architect who looked to such certified acoustic products to provide a much-needed solution in a domestic home that they were building. Parts 1 and 2 were recorded immediately following the Acoustics Academy launch at the Business Design Centre in February and feature Martin Rawlins, Head of UK and Australia Sales at Baswa Acoustic, and Nigel Sill, Chairman of Enfield Speciality Doors. Whilst Part 3, like many of our previous episodes, was recorded via video conference with Oliver Brooks, an architect at BB&C Architects Limited, you're listening to a cut-down version of Episode 7 featuring just Part 1 with Martin Rawlins. Parts 2 and 3 can be heard on the longer episode, which is available via Podbean, Buzzsprout, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So without further ado, let's introduce Martin Rawlins. Martin has a deep interest in sound. He was previously a music producer and recording engineer, spending seven years in China recording everything from punk and indie bands to traditional Gujang. Gujang. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Gujang, and a Grammy-winning singer-songwriter. With Baswa, Martin now spends his time working with architects to enhance the user experience by improving interior acoustics and has worked on projects including the new United States London Embassy, the Lanesborough Hotel, and the V&A. 
Welcome to the show, Martin. Thank you very much, Simon. It's a pleasure to be here. We're just fresh off stage, having done an Acoustic Academy launch at the Business Design Centre on uh, February the 13th, and your talk here has been excellent. But first, introduce us to Baswa. Yeah, of course. So... Baswa is a, a Swiss company. We're a very small company, unlike you know many of the major uh, sort of conglomerates and huge corporate monoliths in the construction industry. We're just a small uh, Swiss company of around fifty people, and uh, Baswa uh, really have a sole raison d'être, which is to increase uh, well-being and uh, comfort in buildings through the use of acoustics. And by acoustics, what we're concerned with is the interior sound of a room. So it's interior room acoustics. And we're concerned with usually reducing reverberation or certainly tailoring the reverberation time within a space to really allow the the space to function as intended. So as you can appreciate or imagine, reverberation can get out of control in many situations but how you actually manage that um, and to the degree to which it's managed will depend on the functionality of the room so for example a restaurant will have um, a different ideal you know acoustic quality compared to a concert hall uh, or a church or your living room or a workplace and so on and on but more than just looking to control and manage the acoustic environment what we're looking to do is harmonize that performance that technical performance with the aesthetics that architects might want to see okay so what i mean by that is that we have a product that conforms to the architecture Mm -hmm. and we could call it so many different things you know a seamless acoustic ceiling a jointless acoustic ceiling a monolithic or large format acoustic ceiling but what it actually is is a marble aggregate surface that's plastered by craftsmen Mm -hmm. onto high-performance acoustic panel uh, that's adhered up to the ceiling of uh, an existing building or a a new building. So what the architect is able to achieve is the acoustic functionality, but without actually distracting the eye from the architecture within the space. So, you know, traditional acoustic absorption solutions to achieve exactly the same results would be things like perforated tiles in a ceiling or maybe uh, fabric wrapped panels that are hung you know, suspended off wires or uh, horizontally or hung vertically as baffles and then perforated metal ceilings, perhaps with some uh, absorptive material behind. So Baswa is much more discreet than that. And really, it tries to conform to the architecture and just sort of melt into the background, really. So a good example is, for example, in a museum uh, like Harvard University Art Museum. Uh, in the US, where our acoustic system was used on the ceilings so that the eye is not distracted from the, you know, exhibits in the museum. Another example might be, you know, in your home, because you don't really necessarily want to have a perforated ceiling to achieve the acoustic comfort in your new extension. For example, you have an open plan kitchen diner, as I have, and, you know, they can get incredibly echoey when you have hard surfaces everywhere. So what you need to do is incorporate something absorptive, but then the question is, how is it going to look? Well, that's a really good point because I was really struck at the, by the beauty 
or the examples that you showed in your presentation, just to list a few out, there was the Victoria and Albert Memberships Club in the Victoria and Albert Museum. There was the Apple Store in New York. And there was the new Louis Vuitton store in uh, Singapore. When I think back to the one that you showed of the Seoul. Apple Store yeah, in sure. New York, in, in where was it? In Seoul. In, in Seoul, excuse me, yeah, not Singapore. Thank yeah. you. And so when I think about the one with the Apple Store, you really wouldn't know that there had been mm-hmm. anything acoustically done within that space. Mm-hmm. It's ornate. There's mouldings on the mm-hmm. ceilings. It's all beautiful. There's no indication that really anything acoustic's been done. Well, that's true, um, with the exception of we wouldn't actually seek to recreate those uh, detailed mouldings, the I cornices see. and so on and so forth. I mean, with acoustic absorption, the main thing is surface area. And so what we've done in that particular example, which is a coffered ceiling, meaning that there's square shapes in the ceiling that are surrounded by these ornate mouldings. With something like that, we would seek to just maximise, as I say, the surface area, because that is what gives you the acoustic performance. But yeah, absolutely, in a retail situation, acoustics are massively important. And it's not just on a conscious level, you know. What we're talking about is how you feel when you go into a place, whether you want to stay there for a long time, whether you want to dwell in that space and linger. So when someone comes to Baswell wanting your product, are they essentially getting the bags of plaster and the buckets of plaster that I saw in one of your slides? Is it something that a builder can buy a bag of and install themselves or do they need to come to Baswell for the full service on installation and application? Thank you for asking that question because, uh, you know, sometimes I forget that actually people don't know what is this thing, you know, that you're showing us. It's a white ceiling. You're saying it's an acoustic ceiling. Okay, okay, fine. So how, how do we get it up there? Well, we we actually work through certified installers. Okay, so what we have is a product that is provided to the customer as a supply and install service. And the installers that we use are trained by us in Switzerland. As I mentioned, it's a very artisanal skill to actually install an acoustic ceiling. And you might ask, why is it different from just a regular plastering job? Why don't you just sell the buckets of plaster to the builders or homeowners and so on? The reason is that it's actually incredibly technical, not just in terms of the the installation itself per se, but in terms of the fact that this is a porous ceiling. So in order the, the way that the product works to absorb sound is by being porous. So the marble surface coating that's plastered on, the innovation is in the binder. So the binder that holds these grains of marble sand together, it doesn't fill the gaps in between the grains of sand. It just coats the grains of sand, leaving a porous surface once it's dry. So then sound is actually able to pass through that thin layer of marble, granular marble, into the acoustic buildup behind it. So from music production into yeah. <laughs> uh, to Baswa, uh-huh. clearly someone to whom sound, excuse the pun, resonates. A funny thing that occurred to me earlier was that in music production, you know, engineers and producers will very often, if not almost always, perhaps with the exception of some genres of music, but let's take sort of pop music as an example, they will almost always seek to apply artificial reverberation particularly around a a lead vocal or a drum kit or something like that, to give that instrument a sense of space within the mix. And so I spent a lot of time working with uh, artificial, you know, uh, digital reverberation units in software and in different ways to try to put each instrument or voice in its own sense of space. And then now working with architectural acoustics, 
it's almost the exact opposite because what we what we find in a non-studio environment, you know, in other words, in a building that hasn't necessarily been designed with acoustics in mind, is that you know the reverberation that is there is not pleasant and it's not sort of enhancing the activities or the sounds that are occurring in that space in the same way as when you can recreate the sound of reverberation artificially but really in a controlled environment. So what we're dealing with now is spaces that sound less than ideal and the way to to solve that problem is actually to reduce that poor quality of reverberation by applying acoustic absorption and guess by the way how those recording studios arrive at a controlled sound in the first place particularly in the control room itself with absorption so you know traditionally they would be soft surfaces and in a recording studio you would have uh, fabric walls and a fabric ceiling and behind that inches and inches you know sometimes up to uh, you know a meter or more of absorptive material behind that fabric so the fabric's just there to cover it up so you have the aesthetic appeal and Baswa works really the same way you know behind the marble the hand applied marble surface coating which is the bit that everyone wants to see um, and that's you know obviously has uh, durable qualities and um, as well as aesthetic qualities behind that is exactly like the fabric wall in a recording studio is the actual stuff that does the work you know so it could either be our standard panel which is like a fiberglass thing which is typically what's used for sound absorption because of the very very high surface area of fibers in the glass or it could be something like our natural panel which we've recently launched which is a plant fiber based version of the same thing which is very very nearly as effective as the recycled glass version that we do. And as I say, from the beginning, Baswa has had an eye on sustainability. You know, from the beginning, Baswa has always been made of almost completely, entirely recycled material. So all the glass that is in the product is completely post-consumer recycled. And even the marble that's used for the uh, uh, surface coating, and by the way, this is a granular marble, it's not a slab, of course. Even that is byproduct of the quarrying process. So it's sort of a pre-consumer recycled, being a byproduct, a little bit like Marmite is made from byproducts of the brewing industry, as I believe. And to go back to your question, there's just such a deep connection for me between recording and engineering sound and actually working with architectural acoustics because it's all the same thing what you're doing is putting things in a space that sounds better you're improving the you know the sound of everyday life in in the case of you know architecture with the acoustics academy on stage i was presenting our new platform and showing how as well as a a platform uh, through which building companies can source acoustic products but in addition it's an academic manual where you can look at sound terms and the language of sound did you find being a sound engineer taught you the vocabulary necessary to go into architecture or is it a completely different is it like french and english there is indeed a lexicon of acoustics (laughs) and yet it's a confusing language maybe because it's of its roots in science Or maybe because culturally speaking, perhaps we don't have a conscious focus in our daily lives on the world of acoustics and sound. And this has led to, I think, you know, a lot of confusion in not only the construction industry, but just amongst the general public, which is also where Quiet Mark comes in, of course. I don't expect you visited every single building that supplied Basra products. Nevertheless, I'd love to know which building you walked into post Basworth product being applied that made you just go, wow? Um, Close to home, it would have to be the Shard main reception because 
it's such a large space. It's a very high ceiling. There's glass everywhere. The floors are of harder tile. And intuitively, you would think that this would be a highly reverberant space, uh, perhaps a highly uncomfortable space, perhaps a very noisy space. For our international listeners, I should uh-huh. possibly explain we're talking about the Shard, London's tallest building. Yes, uh, Renzo Piano Building Workshop were the architects. Um, the building is, uh, I believe, around uh, seven years old. Mm-hmm. Quiet uh- Mark launched from there, in fact. Aha! Uh-huh. I did not know that. people to the very top floor before it was completed uh-huh. because she was trying to find, I should say, Poppy Skeeter, our CEO and founder, because she wants to find the quietest space in London. <laughs> it was the Shard before it because was Because it's high up above the traffic. But that was probably before your uh, ceiling was in there. But you were saying, what was the magical moment about that foyer? Well, actually, the, the ceiling in the foyer was installed from day one. Um, so that wasn't retrofitted. That was designed in by Renzo Piano. And, you know, like uh, Frank Gehry Partners and Zaha Hadid and, um, you know, we work a lot with Foster and Partners, you know, these kind of architects really do appreciate the importance of acoustics. And as I mentioned earlier, the feeling and the first impression that you get when you walk into a space is absolutely critical. And that goes for the conscious and the subconscious levels. So you've got that. And then on a daily basis, you've got people having meetings in there, you know, even though it's a lobby. You have collaborative uh, conversations going on there. Uh, also, you have people working in there. I mean, not least the uh, the people at the front desk. Okay, so to put those kind of activities and in an environment that that is noisy is not going to fly. So the ability that the designer has with something like this is to get that functionality, but whilst retaining the aesthetic that they want to go for as well. I love the building. I. I used to work in virtual reality and for a little while there was a view from the Shard VR ride where you sat on this uh, hydraulic platform uh-huh. wearing virtual reality and you took a slide down the Shard and uh, oh, caused many people to scream. So uh, <laughs> it's not there anymore. But uh, Martin, thank you, one, for coming in to do the Acoustic Academy launch. Your presentation uh-huh. was excellent. And two, for being a guest on our podcast. The first uh, ever. The first ever. <laughs> well, you might not be episode one. But it, but it, first recording, we should say that. Although okay. Maybe All not right. the first episode. I stand corrected. But it was certainly been, uh, it's been the first for me. So it's been a pleasure you being our first guest in recording. And uh, thank you for giving us your time. And I wish you well in the future. Thank you so much, you too, Simon. All the best with uh, with the Academy. And, uh, you know, we think it's a wonderful initiative that we're totally behind. And as evidenced by the, uh, the panel up on the stage, you know, that the industry uh, also behind it as well so it's really good yeah fantastic cheers thank you thank you for tuning into episode 7 of the quiet mark podcast i hope you found it interesting and enjoyable i certainly enjoyed finding out more about the companies that create acoustic products not just for soundproofing but also for sound and acoustic improvement it's not always about blocking out sound but it is about creating a space that feels right and this is really important moving forward a recent article in engineering and technology magazine led with the headline has lockdown made the world a quieter place And it goes on to say that with levels of road transport, air travel and industrial output lessening dramatically during the COVID-19 lockdown, one side effect has been a reduction in noise pollution. However, there's more to global quietening than being able to hear more birds. It goes on to say that according to the World Health Organization, noise affects over 100 million people in Europe alone. 
Exposure to chronic noise pollution not only causes obvious problems such as hearing loss and sleep deprivation, but it's also linked to high blood pressure, heart disease and cognitive impairment in children. Road traffic noise alone is said to contribute to at least 12,000 premature deaths annually in Europe, amounting to a loss of 1.6 million high-quality life days. The European Environment Agency, EEA, has found that the same number of children are experiencing either learning difficulties or disruptions due to excessive aircraft noise. So this is part of the reason why Quiet Mark was established and why we recently set up the Acoustics Academy. Yes, the world has become quieter during lockdown, and yes, of course, it is a frightening and scary time. But focusing on that quieter world for a moment, we need to ask ourselves, how can we improve our buildings and spaces to improve our well-being in the ways that we've heard about and discussed with our guests on the Quiet Mark podcast to date? If you're tuning into the Quiet Mark podcast for the first time, welcome to the show. I really hope you've enjoyed it, and I encourage you to listen to former episodes And if you're someone who's listening and you happen to work with a company that creates acoustic products and you're wondering whether or not they might qualify for QuietMark certification, do feel free to contact us via our website or email at emailus at quietmark.com. Thanks again for listening to the show. I hope you can join us for future episodes. For now, stay safe, keep well, and I look forward to you joining us again for the next episode. Bye-bye.